Hello, friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church, Westlake, all about the messages we hear each and every week. I am your host, Nathan Story. Joining me this week are Cesar Guerrero and Aaron Hello. Gibson. Hey, guys. Hi there. Hey, Nathan. Refiner's Fire. Hey, <laughs> my heart's one desire is yeah. to be holy. <laughs> that's pretty go. much there we go. That's pretty much the whole message this week. Yeah. Do we have to pick copyright for that? Nah. <laughs> there was yeah. enough pause in between the algorithm probably won't pick it up. Hopefully. <laughs> uh well we heard from Aaron this week. Uh finishing our, our series on First Peter, the people of God. And we're talking all about one of the most fun things to talk about ever, suffering, right? Yay, <laughs> yay. I'm about, I'm about to suffer my waistline tomorrow uh, when uh, the, okay. uh, the eating commences. The eating commences. Yes. So, um, yes. Yeah, tomorrow, you're eating tomorrow? It's currently oh, Tuesday. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's Tuesday, but I we the eating will start well before Thursday yeah. in the Gibson. Wow. Yeah. You get those cheese balls out and you get the appetizers. <laughs> oh, we get we just go big. You know, my big family thing is Texas chocolate sheet cake. Ooh. And so this is this is this is my Meemaw's recipe. Uh and it's it's just about as wonderfully caloric <laughs> as you could possibly imagine. Yes. Nice. Uh, do, do you actually bake it, Aaron? Do you have a little baking oh, bake, hobby well, that we don't it. know about? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Well, at least at Thanksgiving, I do. Yeah, yeah at least at Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. Well, more about the secret recipe. What is it? A secret recipe, family recipe, or is it kind of a? It's it it, it, it's it's. Here? You, it's written in my mom's handwriting. Yeah, but from her, but from her mother. So my wow. my grandmother. Uh, so so little fun fun tid, fun little factoid here. So my mom spent most of her childhood uh, on a Navajo reservation in New Mexico. Right. Cool. Yeah. And she, my mom is not Navajo. Neither are her parents. But uh, my my grandfather worked for the, what well, at the time was called the Indian Affairs Bureau. Hmm. And so. Um, I grew up eating a lot of fun things, uh, a lot of fun cultural stuff that maybe, you know, most folks from my kind of, uh, white Anglo European background would not have grown up eating, which was really, yeah, kind of fun. yeah. but, but my, my grandmother was kind of a rough and tumble, uh, Oklahoma, Colorado, New Mexico, you know, she's a tough woman. <laughs> uh, but but she was she was also a great baker, and I was her favorite grandchild, or at least that's what I like to tell. Uh, <laughs> we won't argue. So, we'll we'll go with the, that yeah. fact. Yeah, we'll. Yeah. So so I managed. So she, my grandmother passed quite a while ago, but before she did, I got my mom to get the recipe for her famous Texas chocolate sheet cake, mm, and uh, wow. so yeah, I'm now that's passing it on to my children. That's Happy sweet. Thanksgiving. Who's the most excited to to, to carry on that tradition? Is it a favorite of any particular kids? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. the The baker in my family is my youngest, Jeremiah, my twelve year old. In fact, he's there's another uh, there's another ministry partner at Lake Forest Church who is paying Jeremiah to bake two homemade apple pies, uh, wow. and as we speak, they're in the oven right now. So, uh, wow. 
So not only is Jeremiah the one to carry on the baking, he's also going to carry on a tradition his dad was never good at, which is making money. <laughs> well, uh, we listeners, we hope that your week ahead is filled with fun and family and food and all the wonderful things this mm-hmm. this week can represent. And during a challenging challenging year, um, we hope you do so safely. And if you don't have that, we're with you and we're praying for you. Uh, but before we look forward, uh, we're going to look back a little bit at this uh, message on on suffering. And um, yeah, Aaron, why don't you get into it for us? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your research and your your thoughts on going into this this week? I, I honestly, I mentioned this with Brent on the episode we did last week. Um, I feel like we've we've kind of had a a similar story uh, each and every week. Not not necessarily identical, but there's been some common threads in our sermon series throughout the whole fall. And I feel like we've touched on this in in episodes past about suffering and what Christians must do. But what what was different about about this? What was different in what Peter has to say about suffering that kind of prompted us to go this direction this past week? Yeah, well, um, you know, I I think it's a common theme because it's a common theme in the scriptures. Yeah. Um, In fact, I, I actually was um, doing some research for this, and I, I, I was tempted to just kind of do a, a shock and awe of reading, and I started going down a, a little pathway. I think every single book or letter in the New Testament touches on this issue. Wow. Uh, that, that is how common <clears throat> it is. And so I thought about my initial draft of the sermon was, I was just going to read the whole litany of verses. <laughs> I thought, well, that's not very pastoral. Let's, let's go a different angle. Yeah. But it's, it's so vital. Not, not just, it, it, it is not just vital to the human faith, but it is common to the human. It's not just vital to Christian faith. It's common to our human experience. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, of course, the scripture is going to speak to this, right? Uh, it's just part of what it means to be human. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's always an exciting thing as someone who works for a church to hear um, scripture talk about something that is so uh, commonplace. <laughs> it's not necessarily easy to talk about, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this should not be too hard to explain or talk about, right? Because we all kind of get it. Yeah, and it's nice for uh, for us to be able to say, you know, we're all we're there with you, right? We're we're on the same page with you. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. I think what's neat about the, the Christian worldview, uh, and I'll use that language just for a moment here. I think this will make sense. But mm. the, what's neat is that the Christian worldview has an answer to this problem of suffering yeah. that a lot of, a lot of worldviews don't. Uh, not that they don't have an explanation, but, they, but the Christian worldview has an answer, meaning there's actually mm. a, a purpose. There's some good that comes out of it, right? Um, that God, that's what's so kind of powerful about Peter's letter. He's saying, look, um, it's not just that you suffer. Every, everybody in the world knows that. Hmm. That's, there's nothing new about that. But God takes this suffering and he uses it to bring about good. He, part of what God does in redeeming is he redeems even our suffering. Hmm. How is it uh, so difficult then um, if if we know that and if we believe it, you know, that that can be helpful. But it, you, you know, 
even if we've experienced God use our suffering in the past, how, how is it so difficult to, to kind of give, give up that holding on to our pain or, or wallowing in our pain? How, you know, how, how do we actually go about that process where, where we say, you know what, this is actually something I can use and, and I can actually maybe even not necessarily be excited about, but something I can be optimistic about actually molding me and shaping me. How, how, how is that? How does that happen? How do we do that? Well, I, our, our listeners are going to tire of my um, common metaphors, but uh, you guys know, we've talked about this many times. This, this last year for me has been a journey uh, into physical fitness for the first time in my adult life. Yeah. Uh, where I have, I have finally found a, a local gym and a workout plan and a community of people that I, I just, I love working out with. Now, let's be clear. I don't like working out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't like the physical. I don't like the physical pain of it. But what I what I do like is the results. Yeah, I, I, I feel stronger. I feel healthier. I'm my body is is stronger. I'm in a better place. And and I and so I think we know how to do this in other areas. Right. We know mm. how to uh, allow ourselves to be shaped and molded by difficulty even to, even in that case to seek it out, right? I'm going to the gym. Uh, yeah, and I yeah. think there's a similar, there's a similar mindset with the, with the suffering, especially the suffering that might come because of our faith in Jesus. Mm. Uh, so I think part of it is we're surrendering ourselves to that saying, okay, just like surrendering myself to this workout regime is going to be good for my physical body. So submitting myself to the discipline and the shaping of my spiritual self that God has and wants to do through difficulty and suffering, that's going to be good too. So I'm going to submit to that. I'm going to, I'm not going to run from that. Hmm. When, and how you mentioned, you know, our faith can be a cause of suffering, but how, how beautiful is the order of things when the thing that causes us some suffering can also be the remedy right you know there's almost there's, yeah. there's something kind of crazy and, and beautiful about that yeah i'm intrigued to know uh, you talk about you know the, the faith causing suffering but it's still being re- redeemed is there an experience that you've had where there was a moment of of obedience or a moment of faith and trusting in in jesus that led to led to you suffering and that you felt like God um, redeemed in the end, but was definitely suffering in the moment. Oh, a- absolutely! For me, church planting has been that right. <laughs> so um, that and and uh, it's one of the favorite stories in the Gibson family. So you know, there uh, one of the big idols, and and I, one of the idols I tried to draw out in the sermon that I I think is common to us as American Christians. One of the idols that we constantly go back to uh in the same way that the uh the israelites would go back to some of the common canaanite idols that they knew Mm. in that region right Mm -hmm. the common idol one of the common idols we go back to is comfort and that's certainly that's certainly an idol for that's an idol for me that i I, i'm constantly having to re-examine and resubmit to god and and um but the close second one for me is self-sufficiency Um, it's perfect. I didn't think about this, but you know, I, I learned this from my grandma. My grandma was a self-sufficient woman, man. She made <laughs> life work in, in Puebla, New Mexico on very little. She, she's yep. tough cookie. 
Uh, yeah. And even on my dad's side, my dad's side are Nebraskan farmers. And I think if I had to go to Nebraska, I'd probably die. Like just the, <laughs> sheer, the sheer cold would take me out. There's nothing for you there. It's just no man's that's land. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, I, uh, what, I, what I mean by self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency then, one of the things that was really powerful in coming to North Carolina is this uh, epic RV journey that we had to go on. And you guys have heard this story, and maybe some of our listeners have, but I, had, I made the cross-country trek in this old 1985 RV. And honestly, it was one of the scariest decisions of my life, um, not just driving the RV cross-country, but actually... <laughs> quitting my job in California to come and be a part of this church plant that I thought God was calling. I, be- I believed God was calling me to. So Caesar, mm. I'm finally answering your question. You know, here was something that I think God was asking me to obey him on. Mm. It was an issue of being a disciple. And it would have been a lot easier to stay in my comfortable, safe job in LA at the church I was at. Mm. Um, but, he, but I quit that job and we piled in this RV. And so... We made it all the way to North Carolina, and we had just crossed the border. Um, and I actually had my daughter take a photo on my phone so I could post it on Facebook and rub it in all my friends' faces who said we weren't going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Which and is what Jesus would do. Exactly. Yes. Very holy, very holy. See, self, very self-sufficiency. Holy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm coming, I'm coming up I-85, and, and our North Carolina listeners will know this. I'm coming up I-85, and and. Um, we're just shy of exit 17, which is Gastonia. It's where Highway 321 intersects I-85. And right at that moment, I hear a loud bang, and I lose control of the steering wheel. And I managed to edge my way over to the the side of the interstate. Uh, It happens to be um, uh, a three-day weekend evening. It's a Monday evening. I'm supposed to show up for the first day of work the next morning, and I'm stranded on the side of the road. Wow. So I'm, I'm in back weeping and, and praying, God, where are you? you da, da, da. And, and really what God's getting ready to do is confront me with this idol of self-sufficiency. Right? So at that moment, um, my wife is more practical. She's packing the backpacks because we're going to have to hike to the nearest hotel or whatever, you know. <laughs> and at that moment, there's a knock on the door and it turns out to be a young man. And I explained the situation to him. And he says, well, my best friend in Lincolnton owns a towing company. Can I call him? And I said, sure. Sure enough, his friend says, I'll come get you. So the young man says, well, let me give you all a lift to the hotel right there. There's a little Holiday Express right there at 321. So we jump in. We drive over to the hotel. And, um, and I'm getting out of the car. Family's already inside. I'm getting out. I turn to the guy to thank him. And he's got tears in his eyes. And... Um, and he, he, he doesn't know anything about me. And he says, when you think about me, would you pray for me? Hmm. And uh, he said, my wife <clears throat> left me two months ago, and I haven't seen my four-year-old daughter since. Hmm. And then he says, I was in church last Sunday praying that God would let my life count for something good. And hmm. uh, he said, I, was, I passed you on the, on the freeway, and I felt my heart tug, but I was too scared to stop. But the tug wouldn't go away. So I got off and I did a U-turn and, ca- and I came back a second time. Wow. <laughs> and uh, he reaches into the back seat, pulls an envelope out of his Bible, hands it to me, says, I want you to have this. And so I pray for him. We're, we both weep. I get out of the car. He drives away. I go inside to the hotel and I open the envelope. 
And here it is. Got, got my, remember my idol of self-sufficiency. I open the envelope and inside of the envelope is $500 cash. Wow. And, and it paid for the tow truck and it paid for the hotel. It paid for the Domino's pizza. And it was God's reminder to me of his provision, his sufficiency in my life. Mm. Mm. So Caesar, there was a, you know, was there suffering, uh, not in the physical sense, but in the emotional and, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and stress and spiritual sense, a, a really difficult situation that God used to help purify me, right? To refine mm-hmm. my hope in him. And I, I go back to that mm-hmm. story all the time as a reminder of his sufficiency. So, yeah. What a great story. And, um, it reminds me of this phrase that I've had in my head for years and years. I, I've used it in a song. I've I've just thought about it often. It's a phrase I've kind of meditated on, and it comes to our our faith and our 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 kind of role in in God's story, like wh- where our role in our kind of relationship with Him. And and the phrase is that desperation is our only hope. Um, and it kind of I like it because it's got this kind of almost oxymoranic redundancy that it just doesn't really make sense. But, you know, I think God will, he doesn't necessarily cause suffering in our lives. We wouldn't say that. Right. But what he does allow in our lives is for us to get to the point where we realize that he is the only thing that will meet our needs. Just like you're saying, just like that good Samaritan on on the highway, on your, your way into town, you know, he, he yeah, kind of, yeah. he taps us on the shoulder in those moments and say, look, the only way you can actually survive it because it's, it's the, it's the, in this world, you will have trouble thing, right? If we can either be knocked on our, our butts by trouble, or we can, we can realize that God has something for us in the trouble. And that, that, that very thing might just be that he wants us to rely on him in those moments. Right. So in, in that way, desperation meaning our need for him is actually our only hope to survive each day that we have with him. Yeah. Gosh, Nathan, that's such a good phrase. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, you know, the other thing is really interesting in the midst of this and this, this would be worthy of a, maybe a whole nother sermon sometime, but you know, the, the passage we read, uh, Peter uses the same, uh, um, a same, a similar idea that the apostle Paul uses, which is this phrase, sharing in the sufferings of Christ or participating mm. in the sufferings of Christ. Paul, Paul goes a step further and says, I make up for what is lacking in the suffering of Christ uh, in one of his letters. And, and I'll tell you what, there's been no shortage of ink spilled by theologians trying to figure out what that means. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, what, but what was really interesting about the, about the apostles and the Christians in the first three centuries is that they saw it actually as an honor to suffer. It, mm. it was actually a, a badge yeah. of honor yeah. to suffer mm-hmm. for the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, I, don't, I don't know that we, we share that commitment. No. At least not in the American church. Mm-hmm. I, I shared the story on Sunday about the 23 Korean Christians who, who suffered in, in Afghanistan. And I, I got to tell you, you know, when I read modern day missionary stories, when I read stories of modern day or, or 20th century martyrs for their faith, I'm really challenged. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that there is, there's something for the American church to learn 
we, we are so committed to our, our own comfort and safety and, and um, you know, does, does God want us to enjoy good things? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, there, there's something to this idea of sharing the sufferings of Christ and that being an honor. Um, I, I think there's a real mystery to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I, I found fascinating as I'm thinking through all this and we're talking, you know, I, I do agree with you, Aaron. I think we definitely have, as an idol in our society, a comfort for sure. But I'm also curious what the role um, that storytelling and and that this romanticization of, of adventure kind of has, because I kind of see that too. Um, and I wonder what, what, you know, what God might have for us in that, because we love stories about someone defying the odds or someone yeah. um, taking a, a, a crazy chance and a step of faith. And um, what, what do you think it is that holds us back from doing that more often? in our life? Is it just that fear of suffering? Is it fear of failure, fear of being embarrassed? Because we love our, we love those stories. We don't necessarily love taking those risks or approaching life in that way, do we? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you guys, I wish I had been in on the conversation with Brent Boyd last week. And wasn't that fantastic? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just getting to hear. And you know, one of the things that I'm so inspired by Brent and and uh, every time he comes, he has a story like this. So what's yeah. great is, you know, Brent's not a one-hit wonder. I mean, every time he yeah. comes, <laughs> he has a story from that week of some yeah. person where he's had this Holy Spirit-led kind of encounter. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. It's, and yet, and yet, if you sit down and talk to Brent, uh, you know, he would be. He'd tell you. He'd tell us right now. He'd say, you know, I'm scared every time I do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm. I'm fear i'm I'm afraid of rejection or of looking stupid or so um i i don't know nathan there you know i think those those things fear of um fear of rejection or failure or fear of what others are going to think of me i think there are everyday moments where we can experience just incredible partnership with god if we would have that courage to step out and it doesn't always mean stepping up to somebody and you know, telling them the four spiritual laws to their face. When they're like, I'm, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> okay. I won't do it. I, I was planning maybe, on doing that later. I guess I won't. But maybe, even, maybe even that's part of what holds us back. Right. We think, well, I don't know the right thing to do. And, and, and maybe just some courage to step out and, and, and maybe be a little bit bolder. We probably would experience a little more suffering, yeah. uh, but we also might experience a little more of that glory that Peter talks about. He says, you know, when, when you, when you do this for my name, when you're, the glory of God rests on you. I mean, that's. Wow. Yeah. What a great, what a great phrase. I guess, I guess it's safe to say, and I'll use the word chaos, but when, anytime you do anything, you invite the chaos of the universe to fall upon you. Right. Um, But does that mean we should, we should never do anything? Of course not. Of course not. Because the potential for relationship, the potential for uh, even I'll use the word adventure, for you know blessing in the form of other people or you know whatever it is God had for us, in a way we're just kind of kind of fighting against paralysis, fighting against not doing anything, right? Yeah, because, yeah. Wow. Well, so so I'm going to be uh, in just a few weeks. I'm going to get to sit um, with all of our group leaders from Lake Forest. 
And I've been thinking about this a lot because actually kind of quick story, uh, 30 seconds. My, my wife has recently been going to uh, a group for moms uh, that's hosted by some of the folks where uh, at the gym that we work out at. And, and she was sharing with me how fun it's been being a part of this group. Cause you know, most of the groups that she's been in recent years are groups that she has led or she has started. And we were, we were both kind of chuckling about, how much easier it is to just be a part of a group that somebody else is leading because the mm-hmm. minute you step out to lead is the minute that you invite that chaos of the universe on you, Nathan, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, I, I, you know, and I, I tell this to leaders all the time, the minute you are going to step out and lead, the minute you're going to step out and try and do any kind of kingdom partnership, kingdom work for God in this world, you are going to encounter resistance. Yeah. You just are. There's going to be somebody who's not going to like what you're doing. There's going to be somebody who's going to be critical. And, and, and you just have to know that going in. It, and I think that that's part of it, right? So if we know that sometimes we're going to counter that resistance, and yet somehow that's still part of what God wants to use in yeah. the process. Yeah. I love what uh, Mark Lowry used to say. Mark Lowry is a stand-up comedian from back in the day, a Christian stand-up comedian. And he used to have this bit about um, – you know, the Bible's telling us that this too shall pass. Um, Cause he used to say, if you're having a good, if you're having, a, or you, if you're having a hard time, if you're having a good amount of, uh, you know, trouble this, this year, hold on. Cause, cause it'll pass. But are you having a good time? Are you having a good year? Are you having a successful yeah, business? Hold on. It's going to pass. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's both right. end, right? Yeah. Well, guys, any closing thoughts for our listeners this week on, on what to do with suffering and how we approach it? We should let, let C's. C's, what's our, what's our closing thought? <laughs> yeah, today? yeah. Hit us oh, with gosh. that, that no. Guerrero wisdom. No, no, no. I, don't, I have no wisdom for suffering. Well, let's, let's, yeah. give, let's give Peter the last word because I, yes. I thought yeah, it was yeah. so telling. Uh, the very last verse of uh, that chapter four uh, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to butcher it, but he says, so then, so then, uh, if we suffer for, for doing good or for the name of Jesus, let us, uh, so when we suffer for that, let us commit ourselves mm. to our creator, right? Yeah. Let us commit ourselves again. And I, I think that's the word. What, you know, what, what commitment is God inviting folks to make in this season? And Nathan, to your point, where might he be challenging us to step out, step yeah. out in new and new and bold ways? Yeah. Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode of Tell Us More. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to thank Aaron Gibson and Susie Guerrero for being with us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, no Nathan. Happy fun. Thanksgiving. Happy yes. Thanksgiving, everyone. We will see you next time on Tell Us More. Goodbye.